Circuit Cast with your host, Mark Amory. Tenakoto Katoa, welcome listeners to Circuit Cast, a podcast about moving image and the visual arts in Aotearoa and beyond. For 30 years, Nancy would sit out on the street corner and watch the sunset. It's a statement. It's also the title of Sam Hamilton, a new film work that's been commissioned by Circuit curated by Mercedes Vicente, which is premiering late August here at the Circuit Symposium, coming up here in New Zealand. And on the phone from Portland is Sam. Kia ora, Sam. Hello, kia ora. How's it going? Good, thank you. For 30 years, Nancy would sit out on the street corner and watch the sunset. I believe Nancy uh, is your neighbour in Portland? She was my neighbour, yeah. So I've I've lived here for uh, three years, and she just moved away um, late summer now where I am. She moved away in the spring. Every day for 30 years, she would say that she would sit and watch the sunset? Well, every day for three years that I was here. Uh-huh. But I know that she lived there for 30 years, so, you know. Okay, and so, yeah, what, and what, what drew you to the subject? Because, in fact, it is not Nancy sitting on the street corner watching the sunset, but four young people watching the sunset in this 12-minute yeah, right. well, film. You know, I, I was just thinking, but I'm... Currently, I'm uh, standing in my, my bedroom, which is the basement of a big old house. And I thought, you know, I'm here. Hopefully, you, you'll hear me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk up the stairs here. Awesome. Through the kitchen. Here's my the boomy living room. Nice. Yes, nice reboot. Um, piano there. Lovely. Lock on the front door. What time of day is it there, Sam? It's just after sunset. <laughs> <laughs> we missed it. We missed it. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of I was thinking about it. If you'd called me maybe 20 minutes earlier, we would have been talking at the exact same time of day that I shot the film. I guess it doesn't really help that you can't see, see anything right now, but I'm currently standing on the exact street corner that the film was made on. We've never done and this. We've never done this on this podcast. We've never actually done the interview from the site of one of the video works that we're talking about. <laughs> so exciting. <laughs> so it's funny. I actually, I, I never got to know Nancy. I just always really admired the fact that she would regularly, every single day, at least when it was warm enough to do so, sit here on the street corner in a kind of lawn chair and she would just read a book and watch the sunset every single day. And it was incredible. It was, we live in a crazy time in, in the world, especially in our social and political environments. They're incredibly hectic. And every day there was this person who reminded me to kind of, hey, you know, like take some time to sit and watch the sunset and uh, to incorporate these traditions, rituals, into our, you know, actual daily lives. And, you know, I kind of sitting and watching the sunset is this kind of, like, perennial tradition that people, as humans, have been doing forever. I mean, as long as, as all cultural evolutionary trajectories go back towards those same kind of very corporal relationships with the world around us. This seems almost like a little bit of an experiment. I mean, some of your works have had kind of an element of a sort of a elementary science experiment in some of the ways that they're constructed. In this case, it was an experiment of, of how four younger people might deal with the situation of being asked to be filmed. How did, how did you set up this, this film? 
I originally wanted to make a film with Nancy. I actually went to go and talk to her about it after kind of a year of thinking about it. Finally had the courage to go and ask her if you know if she'd want to do this a project. I knocked on her door and I spoke to her and she told me that she was moving in a week's time. So it was kind of like, oh, damn it. There goes that idea. And uh, I think it maybe was when I got the invitation to be to be part of this new commission series, I started thinking about that again, how much I would have loved to have done that work. And then I kind of thought about the idea of simply uh, replicating it and what that kind of meant. And the idea of like turning what was a, an individual solitary practice and turning it into a broader cultural tradition, which was something I was trying to echo or represent in, uh, by not just replicating it with one person, but replicating it with a group of people. So mm. the film is basically a single take shot of four teenagers sitting in the exact same place that she used to sit doing what she used to do, which is watch the sunset. And I decided to work with teenagers because Nancy was, she'd lived there for 30 years. She was retired. You could describe her as staring at the end of her life. Right. Um, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah I, I used to imagine her kind of sitting there and contemplating her experiences. It sort of reminds me of some of your work's connection to time and to sort of bigger cosmology of us sort of staring to the sun and uh, being aware of those bigger forces that we are part of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Using using the practice of, of observation uh, as a way of gauging an internal insight as well as an environmental external. These four teenagers, I would have expected them to be on their phones or at least talking. <laughs> so I was kind of interested in what instructions you gave them, what parameters they had, and how directed they were in terms of what they should be doing in these 12 minutes. Yeah. I, I uh, kind of made the rule of having no cell phones. I did try to keep it kind of as relaxed as possible, but I mean, essentially what I was trying to do was I was trying to emphasize the practice as being a, essentially a practice of meditation using a given duration of time and a given practice, which is in this case, looking at the sky, just as a, as a platform for taking some time to think. I spent maybe 10 minutes with them kind of just chatting and talking about ideas to do with everything from like meditation to acoustic ecology and listening practices. And uh, so instead of rolling or, you know, calling action and then rolling, I actually sat with them for a good few minutes and we just kind of sat there all together and set the, set the, uh, the mood. And I slowly went on and switched the camera on and continued to sit down and, out. <laughs> <laughs> why, why 12 minutes? Why not 5 or 7 minutes, for example? Uh, it's basically just the duration of a 400-foot roll of 16mm film. I mean, there's so many reasons why I love shooting on film. One of the things I really love is the very physical limitations that uh, it imposes in terms of time, as well as materials. And I really love treating, you know, like a, a single, uh, whether it's like a Super 8 cartridge, 50 foot or a 400 foot roll of film as kind of you know the the uh, essentially the the frame of a picture of which I'm essentially filling with a portrait of something kind of treating it as a as a single surface of which to fill up and all its 
uh, two dimensions and the fifth dimension of time. To me, it also relates to my interest in, in practice with working with performance as well, you know. I mean, that's one of the beautiful things about working on film. There's this really nice relationship. I, I think I, I find it a really good analog to the stage. You can't repeat things. You either need to have that extreme focus and dedication that you get it right there because there's no second chances when you're on a stage, or you you know have to just accept what happens on that stage as being final. What do you think those actors or those teenagers got out of the experience, do you think, out of that performance? <laughs> I've, I've been living here in the, the US for a couple of years now, um, but I'm, you know, I, I certainly don't have the social complexity in my social networks that I would back home. So, I, you know, when I wanted to make this film, I realized, oh, shit, I, I don't actually know any teenagers. <laughs> you know, I have lots of, like, young kids that, you know, friends of mine have, um, but no, like, teenagers. You know, I really wanted to have some people that were essentially kind of at the beginning of their life. But, you know, in that really interesting transformative stage between childhood and adulthood where they're becoming aware of who they are as individuals, but they haven't quite maintained, you know, achieved that agency of adulthood yet. So actually two of them were from the, uh, like, there's this amazing place called the Northwest Film Center here. I reached out to them because they have like a youth filmmaker class. So a couple of them were from that. Um, and then actually two of them were, well, one of them was my neighbor and the other one was a friend of hers. Right. So they kind of came to the rescue when someone pulled out. <laughs> Is there a sound component to this work? I mean, the sound component is just a live, you know, recording of the street corner. The sound of this work is definitely um, exemplative of restraint, <laughs> you know. There's, right. there's there's always like a million things that I think of that might be interesting, subtle ways of manipulating uh, the experience through sound, which is uh, skill sets where, you know, practices that I have formerly done a lot of work around but essentially I kind of just you know I really need to boil it down to you know what it is that I that the least I um, doing the least yeah that is necessary for for carrying the work into reality talking about the Portland Art Museum so you've been only there a few years but you've got a, you've just had a survey exhibition called Standard Candles at the museum and you finally had the release I think last year of your your feature film Apple Pie mm. what did, what did you show at at, at, at the museum that, that exhibition is uh, centers around that that feature film Apple Pie it was a, a very unusual situation to, to get myself into so early in my immigration to this country. Yeah, it's, um, it's kind of hard to imagine you actually being given that in Auckland, let alone Portland, huh? I know, I know, I know, it's strange. Uh, <laughs> essentially, I had applied for a small grant to tour the, the film, and the new curator for the Northwest, um, Northwest art curator who deals with artwork from the Pacific Northwest saw the film. She was assessing it for that grant and offered the exhibition on the strength of the feature film. You know, I I don't question it <laughs> too, too deeply. I just went with it. So the exhibition is about it's seven different works, mostly film works, 
uh, some ceramic works and a, and a painting. Most of it was all made here as well. Yeah. Only apple pie was the only one that was mostly made in Aotearoa. But it's, um, yeah, still, I mean, you've only been there a few years, and I know you did a 10-venue tour of the film film there. It sounds like you're doing pretty well in getting yourself out there. You're not on an academic salary. You're living in America. Yeah. I mean, I'm just interested as to how you're finding it in terms of, I, as an artist there, in terms of opportunities in a sort of a bigger culture than back here in New Zealand. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. Um, you know, when I when I first moved here, I, was, I I immigrated to the United States to be with my partner, so it was very much kind of like that. You know, that was the reason I was moving here. I kind of had prepared myself, like, all right, now I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to basically compromise <laughs> and uh, try and find like normal work. And uh, I'm really happy that that hasn't happened. Well, no, I you know I do work really hard, but I haven't had to like sell my soul too much. Still pretty broke. Don't have health insurance. Um, <laughs> living month to month, but I get by. I'll tell you what, Portland is it's an interesting place to live because I've toured a lot as well with various projects around the world and its relationship to, to, to New Zealand is, is completely different or actually non-existent compared to, you know, if you're in Los Angeles or York or Berlin or Paris yes. or London. If you're a New Zealander in those cities, there's a huge, vast pre-existing network um, for you to enter into. And there's also, I think, a much bigger civic and political relationship between New Zealand and those places. Yes. But I don't think anyone gives a fuck about Portland. It's, right. it's so off the radar. It's, it's really funny. But you can, <laughs> but, but you, I mean, you can knock on a, a museum door or a, a venue door in terms of getting your film shown, and they'll give you time of day. They'll sit through it. Is that hard in some ways, or is it easy? I mean, I'm interested in that um, the size of New Zealand. It's easier for you not to fit as somebody who's been involved with music and with performance and with art and with film that, you know, in a smaller gene pool, as it were, a smaller ecology, yeah. maybe it's easier for you to, to be treated with a bit more respect. It's a real crapshoot, to be honest. <laughs> it lives up to its structural impression of being a boom and bust kind of environment. You know, incredible things can happen, and I am certainly extremely fortunate. But I've certainly, you know, I think the second time I came to the United States in 2010, I, just, I played 40 shows across the U.S. playing music, and it was brutal, you know? Like, that's, I think I only slept on one bed in, like, a month or something. Okay, well, let's go to, let's go, go to a, an easy last question. What are you planning on now? What are you working on now? I usually have about five to ten projects. I really want to make a film in about five years' time, probably, kind of a speculative communism 2.0 film. <laughs> but uh, have you ever seen that really terrible film, Singles? It's like a terrible 90s rom-com set in uh, grunge-era Seattle. Yes. Uh, but it's actually the perfect conduit for you know exploring anything you want, because all it really is is kind of this, it's just, all conversations and is frames uh, relationships, and it's you know you could do that anywhere, and you could fill those conversations with anything you want, and you could uh, surround that with any kind of uh, um, structural context that you right. you care to uh, illustrate. So I kind of want to make that. I'm kind of working on some paintings, making a new record, doing a bit odd jobs, trying to hustle. <laughs> <laughs> There's no unemployment benefit in the uh, United States. I miss those days when I was young, on the dole. 
Uh, well, look, so yeah. Much. yeah, well, thanks. Thank you Th so much. Well, thank you, Sam, and I will look forward to seeing some of your work, if not you, back here in, in New Zealand at some stage. I hope all of us will get to check out for 30 years. Nancy would sit out on the street corner and watch the sunset in the meantime. So thanks for joining Great, us. Great, yeah. Enjoy the whole symposium. I, I'm really, I'm so sad that I can't be there. It looks so incredible. And thank you so much for the opportunity to talk. Um, thanks, Sam. And good luck with uh, everything else. Thanks, Sam. Uh, you've been listening to Circuitcast right. here. Uh, with help from Creative New Zealand. Thank you. See ya. Circuitcast is brought to you with the assistance of Creative New Zealand. With music by Heat Pump. Follow CircuitCast on iTunes. For more information, see circuit.org.nz.